0: everybody hope you're all keeping well my name is Jay Chopra and I'm the managing director of making shift happen and welcome back to the make and shift happen podcast the podcast all about making work more human and I'm joined today by my wonderful colleague Anne Mahler.
1: Hello everyone. It's great to be back. And Jay, I can't wait to chat more about intentional leadership with you. We got some great feedback on the last episode. So thanks everyone for listening, for subscribing and sharing. We really appreciate it. And today we're gonna to do another deep dive. Isn't that right, Jay?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't wait for it. Excited. That's brilliant. It's been a while, it's it's been a while since we've been behind the uh, microphone and um intentional leadership is uh topic close to our hearts, so we're looking forward to it.
1: That's it. And because it has been a little while since we've been behind the microphone, Jay, can you remind us a small bit for the people who've listened to the other episode, but it's been a couple of weeks, or for those who listen to the show for the first time today, what do we mean when we talk about intentional leadership?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at the word intentional in the dictionary, it says that you plan to do something. Or, you know, that it is, is, you know, that you you intend or you plan to do something in the future. So that it's your will, if you like. And often we think about that will as like a bit like a pit bull who's got hold of a tyre, you know. And it's like, I'm going to really use my will and I'm going to drive it through and I'm going to get this done. And, you know, and, and it's really ego driven. Whereas I think our definition of intentional in intentional leadership comes from a better, from a not a better place, a different place. So really what we're what we're talking about when we talk about intentional leadership, we're talking about developing ourselves as leaders to be able to tap into our best bright selves and cultivate ourselves and master ourselves to a place where we can lead with our bright side outshining our dark side. And that takes a lot of self-mastery as the first step. Before we can have the privilege of bringing other people on the leadership journey, we've got to have to have some level of control over our own, um, over our own psyche, if you like, in terms of um, what's in our heads, what's in our hearts, and, and what's in our hands in terms of our actions as well. So really intentional leadership for me is about how do we develop ourselves to a place where our bright side outshines our dark side, and then how do we lead from that place more often than not. It's not an end state, as we said in the previous podcast. Some days, depending on what kind of mood we're in ourselves, uh, we may be in a different space or whatever then we might slide down the scale of intentional leadership. So we've always got to sort of stand guard at the at the gates of the garden of our mind to make sure that we have our minds in the right place, our hearts in the right place and and our deeds, our hands in the right place. So, you know, it just depends. Sometimes it's okay as well if we're not in a great place just to call it out and say, do you know what? I'm not in a great mood today and you look at my leadership, maybe not where it, all, it always is or whatever and I'm not my normal self. And I think that's really good to signal that and it's really good to... Um, really good for building trust as well we're all human at the end of the day and that's that's the key point it's like not showing up perfect it's about showing up human and 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 really intentional leaders are the key catalyst to help make work more human and if you look at it i think all all the research shows you there's harvard business reviews written out the wazoo around how making work more human is um is really beneficial to productivity to business results you know obviously because um, relationships are central to um, to good performance at work being our best self is central to good performance at work and then we get the results from there so rather than focusing on just results 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 on plans 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 really trying to touch in, into the human side of ourselves and say well how can we make more more human and in mother Therese's, um words she said if you ever want to go if you want to make the world a better place she said just go home and start with your family and it's about the same thing with intentional leadership if we want to go out there and have the privilege of leading other people, it starts with ourselves. How do we transcend our own egos um, and, and lead from that place more often than not? So that's a good um, introduction and sort of a good warm up for myself and yourself, Anne, to get us uh, in the mood of intentional leadership.
1: And it is also the perfect lead-in into a little follow-up question that I came up with whilst you were talking. Because obviously we put a lot of emphasis on intentional leadership right now here within Making Shift Happen. We're doing a podcast series on it. We have a LinkedIn article series on it. But why is that? Why are we putting so much focus onto this? Why is it so important? And why now?
0: Yeah, like for me, I think like... I think when we go into leadership positions, we're not intentional, I think actually, and sometimes we're not prepared either. Like if you think of the word intentional, it's, you know, I plan to do something. So we're, so like, if you plan to do something, how often do we take time back to plan to be to be a better leader and to, to develop a plan for it, a strategy for it, training for it and things like that. So So I really think that when we move from being a technical expert into a leadership role, the big why for intentional leadership is that I don't think we're intentional about our leadership so why didn't we call it inspirational leadership because I think inspirational leadership is about you inspiring others but I think intentional leadership is sort of planning your own self mastery first uh, while we're leading others so does like it's a privileged position to be able to lead, lead others. so we should have a plan for what is our development plan to master ourselves and then put us in a in a good position to be able to i suppose deliver on the promise and the privilege of of leading other people. So I really think it starts with ourselves and I sometimes think leadership is misunderstood to kind of say it's you know it's about like I don't know what's what's the word it's about being in a position of control and authority and sort of directiveness. And there's a time and a place for that when you're in crisis. But I I just think the world if you look across the world as we talked in the previous podcast there's not a a great number of examples of really good leaders out there so i'm saying why don't we intentionally focus on leadership because culture follows the leader and we know that culture is central to to business results right so i mean really intentionally cultivating good leaders the leader shadow cast that shadow on the organization and the organization sort of has a good positive culture which then produces the business results so so like Really for me the first part of all of this is is around getting control of our egos and, and really a lot of introspective work and, and looking in the mirror and maybe we can maybe we can unpack that a little bit more and as we go through here in terms of like, well, what is our ego and you know, things like that. So but look, that's for me I think it's that the leadership positions are so privileged and sometimes I don't think we're intentionally aware of that. We all mo- and the mantle. I remember my old boss in Pfizer saying to me, it's really important to make sure people are ready for leadership positions because when we're in those positions, we're visible. Everybody's watching everything we do. And often we don't really, we don't really, we're not conscious of that. So it's really about being intentional about our, you know, what's going on in our head through our head shifts, what's going on in our hearts and what's going on in our hands. What, What are we doing? And we have, as we shared recently on our, you know, on LinkedIn, we have, we have basically have nine shifts to become an intentional leader. We have the three head shifts, which are from firefighting to future thinking. We have the head, the head shift from using part of our brain to using all of our brain. We have basically going from ambition to meaning is another head, head shift. So ambition is, what can I get? Meaning is, how can I serve? And I think we'll get into that a little bit more when we unpack the ego piece. The heart shift we need to look at to become intentional leaders are from controlling to trusting, and how do we do that? We'll unpack that in, in in the various podcasts coming up. From rigid to malleable, so from my way to our way, maybe and being a bit more flexible. From career focused to community focused, that's another part of the ego. I am what I do, you know, and and we become so identified with that, and and then finally the hand shift. So basically, from busy to productive. So, they're in our actions from excuses to, to challenging excuses to get things done. And I guess from status quo then to making shift happen. So, we're saying making shift happen is all about making work more human. And it starts in the mirror, I think, with the man or woman in the mirror, to use Michael Jackson's words. It all starts with the person in the mirror in terms of, well, how do I walk the talk and how do I master my own behavior within reason? We're not looking for perfection, we're looking for excellence. We don't want to lose our authenticity. Um, to be in that privileged role of being an intentional leader. And those nine shifts, which we'll unpack through the podcast, are the how how of those nine shifts will really be uh, outward leadership, right? And how we lead an organisation. But what we really want to talk about today is, how do I win the inner game of leadership within myself? And that's this podcast is about, well, what's the self-mastery piece look like and i think that if we try to be leaders out there in the world without having some level of self-mastery over ourselves i think the ego dominates our leadership and it's 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 not intentional leadership i think it's um i think it has poor consequences and i think it's uh well let's call it non-intentional leadership because my brain won't spark that anywhere else right now and so it's the opposite of of intentional leadership which is just some of the some of the poor leadership we see out there you know
1: that's it. And especially when we think about the firefighting, a lot of people are stuck in the busyness. And when they get into a leadership position, then it's all about firefighting. It's all about the small stuff. And I think being intentional and having a meaningful connection to your work and to your, you, you as a leader, I think, is really that first step. But before we move into that bit a small bit more and unpack you know the journey to becoming a more intentional leader and just like you said it's not an end state right as, as much as there's not an end state there's also not really a beginning state I want to say it's all very fluid but having said that we can clearly distinguish a bright shining intentional leader from a, a person who leads from their dark side and you were touching on the ego a small but Earlier um, in your first reply, I think it was. So before we look at, okay, so what does a bright, intentional leader look like? And then over the next episodes and series, we will unpack how this can be achieved. We're looking at the journey from A to B. Let's look at A a small bit more, this like dark side of leadership. Um, You touched on the ego and maybe we start there. Can you tell us a small bit more about the ego, how you define it, and maybe have you come across people who were unintentional leaders and leading from their dark side rather than their bright, intentional side?
0: Yeah, like absolutely. And I mean, if you walk into, you you know, if you walk into any leadership team and you sit there, which we have the privilege of doing a lot uh, and when they're making shifts happen, Mm -hmm. and it really is a privilege, it's clear, very clear, if you just sit there for 15 minutes who the people are that are in, that are tapping in to their intentional leadership because they're just they're just a little bit more shiny, if you like. There's a sort of a shine <laughs> from there. There's a humanness to them. It's not just about the numbers. Numbers are important, but it's not just about the numbers or the processes, you know, or the creativity. It's about more than that. It's about the people. At the end of the day, leaders lead the people. People do the work. And intentional leaders get that. They they get it. They get it intrinsically so so how do we the question around like so what is the ego and how do we somehow learn to master the ego to then be able to tap into our bright side and and lead from that space more which is which is people-centric leadership if you like so when i look at the ego i think about first construct of the ego is i am what i do so i am what i do so like if you know and i mean i lived in this in new york for a good few years and there's no place in the world where i am what i do is more is more central to to the psyche than in New York, you know. Second question: When you meet people, is uh, first question is, "Hey, what's your name?" Second question: What do you do? It's all about what do you do, and then like and like so, and we we sort of chase. We're trained in society that it's all about what you do, not who you are, but but what you do. And I think I think really that's the fun. We define ourselves. Part of our ego construct defines ourselves by what we do. Now it's important to be proud of what we do. But it's not all of who we are. It's only a small piece. But the dark side of I am what I do is lack of balance in life, because I don't do anything else. Um, Busyness. If I am what I do, then my identity is about doing, 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 doing. And that that leads to busyness. And I know in my own journey, uh, when I wasn't, um, not even that, in my own journey, when I start leading or operating more from my dark side I get busier and busier and busier and for me that doesn't allow me to touch in touch and and tap into even doesn't allow me to tap into the intentional leader state as much as I would like to so that's I think I am what I do the first ego construct leads ultimately to not having balance in life and and being busy now the other the other construct of the ego that we need to overcome is I am what I have so I am my big corner office uh, in, in, in in Manhattan right and um, I am the CEO I am the managing director as opposed to I'm a person just like you and that we're, we work together and we're trying to do the best we can to deliver the results the organization needs but we're going to be respectful when we do that so I am what I have can be as well that and again i've certainly gone down this road in my in my own life as well where i am what i have so you're going to get a promotion then you go okay great go again i am what i have now i am what i have now and i am what i have now and you go up and up and up and up the ladder and i think in my life certainly the hot the quicker i went up the ladder the quicker um, i came down the ladder so i think when we're when, we're, when we have that career ambition and i am what i have we can get more focused on possessions but i can just definitely say is when i had the most in my life i was the most unhappy so I think until we go through life and realise that I am what I have is not true. And I am what I do is not true. They're all part of us, but it's, it's not everything. It's only then we can start transcending our ego. Of course, the other one is, and this is why we all throw shapes and we're not vulnerable in, in, in leadership rooms a lot of the time or in teams or at work, right? Uh, I am what other people think of me. So I am my reputation, right? So, and like, if you think about that one, if I am my reputation, then... My organization's telling me, take risks, but then if I fail, I'm like, well, if I'm my reputation, then I'm not going to take the risk. So there's a great, there's a great Dr. Seuss line and Dr. Seuss, and I wonder, can I remember it? It's um, be who you are, say what you feel, because those that mind don't matter and those that matter don't mind. And if we can't operate from that authentic place in the workplace, then we're probably in the wrong workplace if we don't feel safe enough to be able to put our, obviously respectfully, not aggressively, but put our point out there. If we can't put that point out there, if we don't have the courage within ourselves because we're thinking of our reputation and if the culture doesn't allow us, then that ego con- construct, I am what other people think of me, is also a challenge. The other one then, of course, is "I am what I am what happens outside of me. So if I define my whole self by what's going on outside of me, so for example... If uh, if a person in my team isn't pulling their weight, then I take that personally, right? Or I think it's my fault, or you know I'm driven by other people's opinion of me. So I am what happens outside of me. Whereas we need to to be an intentional leader. We got to tap more into what's going on inside of us, right? So rather than kind of like I say something in a room and somebody has a weird reaction to it and then I take it personally or whatever. So we're not always what happens outside of me sometimes and all the time in terms of intentional leadership and leading from the inside out, it really is inside out. So for example, if I lost my keys, right? So if I lost my keys in a dark room inside the house and I go outside the house, right, to look for them, right? And then I see my neighbor and my neighbor starts helping me look for the keys as well and we're all around outside under the lights looking for the keys, but I actually dropped my keys inside the house. It's crazy looking for them outside the house. And it's the same thing in terms of intentional leadership. We go out there in the world looking for to control others, for certain fixes, for this, that, and the other. Like, but actually we need to look inside ourselves for why do we need that control? Why do I, you know, why can't I trust other people? There's no point looking for the answers by telling people outside you what to do. We need to start looking in the mirror and kind of going, well, hold on a minute. The original flaw in myself, which we all have, is internal. There's no point looking for the answer in the outside world. So really that, you know, looking for that answer inside of ourselves. So if my leadership style isn't landing, not saying, oh, it's because of Anne or Sharon or Mary or whatever. Actually, no, it's because of me. I'm going to take responsibility for it. So what are, what's the thing in me that I need to change as a leader to help um, the other person be, be, be successful in the role? And I think that's it. The buck stops with the leader. Not always. If the team is in performance, it's the leader's fault. 100%. All the time. That, that's the way I look at it. So the four, the four ego constructs for me, just to summarise them that we went through, are I am what I do, which we all fall into that trap. I am what I have. And if I lose my corner office, then I'm not anymore. I am what other people think of me, so my reputation. That's another fearful place to be coming from. I am what happens outside of me. So, and that key story which hopefully landed. And I mean really, if I think about the ego constructs and I think about ego, for me it stands about edging good leadership out. So the question is then, how do we transcend that ego? You know, and and we even can see simple examples of the ego, right? So I mean, for example, I heard a story once at a seminar I was at. So there was a fella, there was a guy in Delhi and uh, he was at the cinema and he was sitting on the seat and he needed to go to the bathroom. So he put his hat down on the seat uh, to hold his position. When he came back, there was a guy sitting in the seat and he said, hey, that's my seat. And the guy sitting in the seat said, well, how do you know it's your seat? And he said, because I left my hat there. And the guy sitting down said, so by your logic, if I leave my hat on your car, it's my car. So, we really get attached to that's mine, that's yours. Like, think about it you go to a three day workshop, everyone sits in the same seat. That's, that's our ego, really. I'm attached to it, I'm safe there. So, for me, really, the ego, like the dark side of the ego, because we obviously need a bit of ego to function in the world, it leads to fear. It really leads to fear because I am what I do. You only can lose if you define yourselves by your career. I am what I have. If I lose it, I'm in trouble. I am what other people think of me, giving control away to others. I am what happens outside of me. So it's trying to bring intentionally bring the locus of control back into ourselves and look that's that's just a little bit about the ego like I mean the ego the last bit I'd say on the ego is the ego says what's in it for me intentional leaders say how can I serve and that's the difference it's about giving not not getting and and really then how, so how do we do that how do we develop to a place where we can do that but that's my ramblings on sort of the ego and a lot a lot of what I just talked about there I'd have I'd have learned um, by going to different seminars over the years and through my own experience as well but one pick, one particular guy um, I'd like to reference is a man called Dr. Wayne Dyer who, who does a lot of work on the ego and, and you know really some of those principles there are coming from his work as well and they just stay with me and, and, and resonate with me so yeah so that's that's the first bit I think it's understanding the traps of the ego if you like.
1: And I love how you put it almost into the four categories and uh, that little anecdote about putting the hat down. Um, I was smiling as you were telling it because it reminded me of obviously I'm German right and we Germans we are known uh, for getting up early when we're on summer holidays and putting our towels down <laughs> by the pool <laughs> so it's 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 a variation yes, it's, <laughs> it's the Mallorca variation of that story
0: isn't it that's that's true you're dead right and I was recently in Mallorca and I think <laughs> I think we were up I think we were up before the Germans so my ego must be out of control but you're right let's put our towels down and and uh you know, and, and and save our place. And look, I mean, if someone moves our t- towel, we get very offended. Because it's like, that's mine. How do you mean? You can't move my towel. And there's this whole fear then, with somebody take it from me and things like that. But you're dead right. The equivalent of the Delhi story is certainly uh, the Mallorca towel down and, and the Germans. So... Very good, and don't mention the war, and as we know, we never mention the war.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a way now how I can scoot around that. <laughs> it's definitely not our brightest moments as a nation when we're by the pool in Mallorca at 4:30 a.m. putting our towers down. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna say to that. No, but it's great to unpack that a small. bit because I think the main thing that we need to keep emphasizing is that we all have the side in us. And it's, yeah. it's nothing that is shameful, it's nothing that's bad per se. We all have it and it's just, you know, we are human and that is just part of being human. We all have it. Absolutely, It's just, the question is not, how do I completely leave that side behind? And I think that's really what we are trying to focus on is, it's a spectrum. It's not a black or white situation. It really is a case of we all have it in us. And therefore, what can we do to move beyond that? Or maybe mitigate the time where we are, you know, in that dark space. And it is it is bound to happen when we're really stressed, when, you know, we're under emotional pressure or any kind of other pressure. It's bound to happen. But then how do we deal with it Do we become aware of it? Are we mindful of it? And how then do we move to this brighter side um, of ourselves, of um, intentional leadership? And this is really what we're trying to achieve with our nine leader shifts that we'll unpack in the future in another episode. But I think to round us off today, obviously we talked about that dark side and the ego was morbid. And maybe we can, just as a last question for today focus a small bit on uh, the opposite then so we think about dark side of leadership but let's take a closer look at you know intentional leaders and that bright side is it jay would you say that it's more or less just the polar opposite of the dark side or how would you think about it
0: yeah so so like i mean Again, everything you said is right, I think, in terms of that, it's a spectrum. It's not like we're one thing or the other. It's just, it's actually as on one day, we might be more of an intentional leader than another day. And we want to have our bright best self outshine or the dark side of our ego selves. And we want to lead from that place. And the challenge, the challenge becomes really, um, how do you do it? <laughs> you know, and for me, like a good a good thought process around you know, a good metaphor for, for intentional leadership is like the sun. The sun shines, it never asks for thanks, it doesn't have it doesn't have a motive. It's not doing it to get something. It never says to the earth, you owe me, you must give me something back for me giving you all your energy. So when I think of a beacon of light or the sun, that bright side of ourselves, and it's the opposite of our shifts. So it's like really being more future thinking, you know, having more meaning in our leadership. Trusting building communities being flexible being productive challenging or limiting beliefs and then making change or making shift happen that's the bright side it's you know and it's it is it is really about trusting people and operating from our best selves but before we can do any of that properly i think intentionally we need to look at self-mastery how do we master our egos inside ourselves as i talked about earlier the man in the mirror and i'm just going to have a few comments on this to kind of round it out uh, today so i mean if you think of each of us individually when we're privileged enough to be in a leadership position and if you think about us like a plant right and every plant has uh, roots that are down in the soil so for me one of the biggest things in flipping from being more of a dark side leader to be more of an intentional leader is to have a purpose and the purpose roots us in the ground so if you think of the roots as the purpose so if I think of my own personal purpose is to try and help people to reach their full potential at work. And then that manifested within making shifts happen as trying to make work more human. So I'm grounded in that reality as an example. It's just easier to use myself because I can reference to it. And then the important bit is so we have a purpose and we're rooted in it, but how are we nourishing ourselves? So if you think of the soil as nourishment, how are we basically nourishing ourselves so that we are when we are going out in there, the world to live our purpose as intentional leaders, that we're not going to burn out like I have a couple of times in my career or we're not going to run ourselves into the ground so it's very important that we nurture ourselves just like having soil so like what are our hobbies like so for myself I like to play snooker I like to go walking I like to spend time with family and friends that's like the soil so the soil is there to nourish your purpose because one of the challenges is if we're purpose driven we're and I've learned this in my own life that where we run after that purpose and it can burn us out so really it, having the purpose and then having that soil to balance us that's nourishing us is really important from an energy management perspective and then if you think when it comes above the ground then the plant and it's their shoots coming up I think that's our passion you know once we get our purpose cleared the, the energy will come from there and our passion grows up and then if you think of the leaves metaphorically again but if you think of the leaves on a plant then as your gifts and that's when I, well, I often help people to you know leaders to find their their purpose, I'm, I'm, I'm always saying to them, like the purpose for me is finding out what your true gifts are and, and then offering them in service to something outside yourself. So if again, if I use myself as an example, I was a scientist for many years and I I, I learned science uh, from a book, but really my natural gifts are about connecting with people, helping people develop, being innovative, being creative. So, so it wasn't, on, we go down that road to figure out what's our purpose, then what are we passionate about, like feeds into that. And then our gifts is almost like offering it up in service to something bigger than ourselves and i think that's the key that's the that's the flower piece i think the flower then when it when it flourishes effectively um grows offers service and i think really intentional leaders could be called servant leaders as well because once they have their their soil nurturing them have their purpose that are the roots have the passion know what their gifts are and how they can make it, how they can serve then using those gifts is ultimately the, that ultimately for me is the output of uh, inspirational leadership. And the interesting thing is that flower needs sun. And and actually the flowers we know through phototropism, those flowers grow towards the sun. So I know this is a metaphor and I'm just thinking that if you think that really good intention leaders are the sun because of the self-mastery that they have so if they can help others in their, under their leadership grow like this flower, those people then that develop as intentional leaders tend to grow towards the sun. So, so, so I think that's a really nice metaphor in terms of how do we master ourselves. So for me, it all comes from understanding our purpose, nurturing ourselves, figuring out what we're passionate about, using those gifts to help make a difference in the world. That difference in the world in Indian culture is called Dharma. It's your purpose in life. And really, when, when we're talking about uh, your purpose, I think in, intentional leaders are very congruent with their purpose. So like, whether your purpose in life generally is, I don't know, selling ice creams and you make people happy by it, or running a charity shop, or being a CEO in Manhattan, or being a CEO in Dublin or Cork, doesn't matter what you do, or as a researcher in a university, it doesn't matter. Once you're, you, once you're clear on what your purpose is, you're passionate about it, and you're serving something greater than yourself, And it could just be people and ice cream or it could be a huge organization or it could be an academic endeavor. Once then you're getting served back by that endeavor, I think that's the win-win. When we know we're on purpose, is that when that endeavor serves you back as well. So so that's it for me. I think that piece around, around you know, mastering ourselves. And it really is about like really being courageous enough to look at what what are our bad habits. How can we how can we almost cut them out, if you like, of how we behave? Like, so, I mean, if you think about it, you can't book into a hospital and get an egoectomy. You know, (laughs) let's take out the bad side of my ego and then I'd be grand. (laughs) You know, I'd be a feckin' intentional leader, happy days. It's just not going to happen. So, I mean, we all have good parts. We all have challenging parts. But it's about having the courage to take those dark sides out, look at them and develop develop yourself a little bit more and master yourself a little bit more. can be very, very useful to work with um, like a leadership coach on that, you know, work with a therapist on that, psychologist, whatever. Like having the bravery to do that because I, I know one thing for certain from my own journey anyway. The better the human being you become, the better the intentional leader you become or the better leader you become. And if anyone listen to that, anybody listening to this doesn't believe it, I don't believe you deserve to be a leader.
1: I don't even know how to follow up with that because that is just... An amazing statement to finish that answer. Whilst you were talking about, you know, the serving aspect and, you know, the way you work with people. It reminded me of back in the day when I was still in college and I had a very little stint at um, being a barista In a well-known coffee chain, an international coffee chain that I won't mention now until we get sponsored by them. Um, Are are, are they based on the west coast of the state? Potentially. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I would work in one of their branches in a main station and we would open very early. And I'm talking 5am, 6am. And I would love these morning shifts my All my friends were like, why do you love these morning shifts so much? It's so annoying. You're grumpy. All the people you work with, they're grumpy. All the clients and like the customers that are coming in. It's just not a good environment, isn't it? And it's just like, it's so basic what you do in hospitality. But that's not how I looked at it. To me, I had the pleasure of serving people their first cup of coffee. Their treat, like that is their treat for that day. And it's their first cup of coffee, they take a sip and this is what is going to make their day and set them up for the day. And that is how I got through all these early morning shifts. It's really how you look at it. And it was so much fun then because even if it was a main station, you had loads of different people travel through. You still had your locals that would come in every morning. And you build that connection then over something as simple as just in quotation marks a cup of coffee and it's just changing that viewpoint made a difference to me and um, I read the other day something about you know working in hospitality and that serving aspect serving people and dealing with people's egos then on the other hand that can be very helpful as you progress in your career and not to say that hospitality is not a career but you know it is this aspect of serving people managing other people's egos, managing other people, other customers, and just changing your outlook on small things in life that can really change or start changing that mindset from dark to brighter. And in that instance, it was just a cup of coffee.
0: But it's a great example. Like, I mean, that's a great example, and because you could have met the customers where they were, grumpy, tired and all that first thing in the morning. What you did is you ta- obviously you tapped into your best self you let you, you basically served from that place and and you know some people will respond to it some people won't but again you said to yourself I'm not happen I'm not what happens outside of me they're all grumpy right which was one of the ego constructs you're saying but it's okay I'm going to tap into myself find a brighter place and serve from there to try and make a positive difference and that that really I think is key to that and if, if leaders could just take You know, anyone that's privileged enough to be in a leadership position, it's almost like, yeah, how can I serve my team so they can perform at their best and and that we get the, with the best environment to work in and we get the best results. Because I know a lot of this stuff, there'll be people out there thinking, oh, this is a bit fluffy, this is a bit fuzzy. So I'm going to say one thing on that. I'm going to say that people call like being kind at work and being collaborative at work. People say that's soft skills. And I'm going to say, no, they're the hard skills. Because the easy part of work is the technical stuff because we went to college for it. The hard skills are what we traditionally call the soft skills. They're like, you know, trusting other people, reaching out to offer help, making someone smile, asking how can I make someone else's day better. That's what leaders are there to do, is to do that for others. So, so obviously I'm working with Anne, so like I, I tried to think to myself, okay, is there anything I can do? To support Anne and um, wherever Anne wants to go in her career or whatever or is that like you know and that's the way it's meant to be rather than saying okay for as long as Anne works and making shift happen how can I milk Anne for everything she's got that's dark side leadership as opposed to saying well hang on a minute how can we really kind of have a collaboration here and wherever who knows what's going to happen in two months six months eight months in anyone's life but really kind of say okay how can we help somebody become the best professional they can be whatever they choose to do in the free future. And then people kind of say, well, geez, if we develop people and they leave, well, you know what to say? What happens if you don't develop them and they stay? <laughs> <laughs> that's a bigger question, right? So I, I, I ask myself that question. I said, well, if you don't develop them and they stay, you'll be in a worse position than if you do develop them and they leave. So, I mean, you know, again, that's, that's an ego statement. What happens if I develop them and they leave? It's like, okay, uh, that's again I am what happens outside of me as opposed to saying well hang on a minute how can I serve and I'm a, like uh, if I look for empirical data and blah 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 I can tell you one thing I know for sure that I've learned in life and at work is that when you serve you get served simple as that simple as that like I, it's that simple uh, it's a uh, anyone who wants any science around it I think it's is it Newton thought, Newton's third law of motion for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction Think about that. Imagine that being a lovely if you lived like that as a leader, for everything I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get the same back. You'd lead totally differently. You'd lead intentionally. So that that quote and that Newton, who was one of the greatest scientists who's ever lived, think about his principles. And again, his other principle is energy cannot be created or destroyed. Only converted into something else. So think about that for a second. So what kind of energy have I as an intentional leader? Is it crappy morning energy like the people Anne was serving or was it Anne's energy as an intentional leader so I think there's a lot this is uh not fluffy it's based in those types of principles so yeah Absolutely. no brilliant I I think it's great Anya it's a great conversation
1: Jay I love I love doing these ground work episodes with you because it just helps us edge out exactly what we're talking about making shit up and when make- these these. I'm we're making not making shit. shift happen we're making shit up we're making shift from up. our hearts it's all coming
0: from the heart stuff so. <laughs> we're making shift up
1: and i love and i love all the metaphors that we came up um that we came up with today um think don't back ever give to me a script by the, the way i can't
0: follow them <laughs> sorry
1: think think back to the hat in the cinema the towers by the pool um think about the rainbow and Rappacino. the flower that's growing think about the frappuccinos. <laughs> and the frappuccinos that's all i can think about <laughs> don't don't get me started on frappuccinos Aww. on a sunday a sunday afternoon and a happy 9 hour days. shift happy days <laughs> So Jay, thank you very much for taking us through another bit of groundwork on intentional leadership, unpacking the ego and the dark side of leadership a small bit more. And I'm really looking forward to our next conversation where we'll dive dive into another aspect of intentional leadership. In the meantime, where can people find us, remind us? Uh, where we can find Making Shift Happen and ourselves um, on the interwebs.
0: On the interwebs. So first of all, ania thanks to the hostess again with the mostess, Anne. So thanks, thanks <laughs> very much. So you can find out about Making Shift Happen with an F on makingshifthappen.ie. You can find out more information about uh, myself on LinkedIn. Same for Anne Mahler on LinkedIn. And look, the wider Making Shift Happen team, you can find out more about them on, on the website are on LinkedIn as well. So that's the story, Anne. That's the story,
1: Jay. And I'm going to be a good millennial and do another little plug because in case you listeners haven't noticed on our LinkedIn websites and our LinkedIn pages, Jay and myself... Uh, just got published in the Irish Examiner. So if you want to, we not we don't just talk about intentional leadership. Um, this article specifically was about radical creativity. And so if you want to check this out, go to our LinkedIn pages or just Google our names and type in Irish Examiner as well. It's going to come up there and it's, uh, if I say so myself quite a good read especially now that we're in this hybrid ever-changing world post-covid still in the middle of covid and i think uh, we really dive into you know radical creativity and different ways of how we can employ innovation behaviors and that's just as a side note and as a side plug thanks for chatting us through everything today jay and we are looking forward to welcoming you back for our next episode in a couple of weeks
0: fantastic Anne. Take care, everyone. Cheers now, bye.
1: Thanks, bye. This episode of the Making Shift Happen podcast was written and produced by Jade Chopra and Anna Find more information about Making Shift Happen and our producers on LinkedIn. If you want to know more about the topics discussed in our episodes, or reach out to us send us a message and check out our article series and posts on LinkedIn to join the conversation. You can also find more information under makingshifthappen.ie <music>